going to be looking into our seventh lesson on the study of the church covenant, praying God's blessing upon it, a, a special a special message today which deals with not only the church, but I believe that which makes up the body of the church and that's individual families. One of the greatest things that a church can have is the, the building blocks of individual families. Families that make up a body of baptized believers. And in that, we have many different people, different backgrounds, very many different maybe attitudes. And there's something that is mentioned in our church covenant that I pray would uh, draw our attention today. I know that in many cases... It would, it would definitely stop a lot of family disputes, but it also would stop a lot of church uh, destruction. One of the things that you see in many churches today is the unwillingness to be civil, the unwillingness to treat each other the way that we would like to be treated ourselves. And I reckon that's the way it is in society as a whole. We see in the society today an, an inability uh, to treat others with civility. Something that, you know, just, uh, just, common, uh, just common sense and common uh, peace about it. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, if you'll turn there in chapter 26. And while you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience once again. This is Brother John Lybrook. Pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just outside of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road. Giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people known as Emmanuel. And we're thankful that you've taken time today to tune in to WGOH to your portion of God's Word. We're praying that the Lord will open our minds and our eyes to the things that are uh, needful today things that are in God's Word, and I believe today that everything that we have in our church covenant, as we have have it laid out here, is directly from the very Word of God. In Proverbs in chapter 26, beginning at verse 17, and I want you to notice what it says here, we'll read down through the rest of the passage here. In verse 17 of Proverbs 26, the Bible says, He that passeth by and meddleth with strife, belonging not to him, is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. Well, I tell you what, there's, there's, there's an action for trouble there. You take a dog by the ears and you're liable to get bit. The same way when we meddle in other people's business where we don't have any business. That's what, that's what is being brought forth here. And the problem with so many today is uh, they're so worried about other people's business they don't take care of their own business and that's what gets people in trouble. The Bible goes on to say in verse 18, As a madman who casteth firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, Am not I in sport? I mean, have what have I done? You know, you hear that a lot too. Verse 20, the Bible says, Where there is no wood, there the fire goeth out. 
So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. The Lord, through Solomon's teaching, is bringing our attention to the fact that, listen, sometimes we bring a lot of trouble on ourselves with our own meddling, with our intervention in other people's business. The Bible says where there is no wood, in other words, where there is no fuel, For the fire, the fire goeth out. A lot of times, again, we we see different times in, in the history of the church where people have gotten upset because of what somebody else has done or what somebody else has said. And there begins a tailspin of of words that begin to bring down and destroy. The unity of a body is dependent upon the civility of each and every member that makes up that body. And therefore, I believe that what our church covenant says is very true and and something that would preserve the church as we know it even today. I thank God for our church family. I thank God that you don't have to worry so much. I'm not saying we don't have to worry about it, but we don't have to be overly concerned with people who try to start trouble with words against others. Thank God for a church that loves one another the way that we do. But listen, don't take that for granted because very easily Satan to get a hold of our minds and our thoughts. He could bring about the destruction of a church with the unbridled tongue. James speaks about that unbridled tongue. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, sometimes even with the bit in the mouth, you have a hard time turning the head. You know, I used to have, I used to raise a lot of horses, and every now and then you get one that what we what we call was headstrong. And it was, uh, it would be one that was would fight against the bit the whole time. It would wear you out trying to wear, ride a horse like that because it was always fighting the bit, never wanting to go where it needed to go, and yet where it wanted to go would be a lot of times a a, a hurtful individual who may be sitting in the saddle or out of the saddle. The bit was there though for a purpose and that was to turn that animal. The Bible speaks about the fact that, listen, it says as, as we go on into this, and I want you to think about what the Bible's saying here. Again, as coals are to burning coals, and wood to fire, so is a contentious man, man who kindleth strife. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. It hurts. Sometimes, you know, I've heard, you've often heard, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's not always, that's not so. Words are words can be very destructive. Uh, we have seen the mental anguish of children who are subjected to 
an overbearing voice, one that is always uh, uh, destructive in its nature. We've seen the breakdown of a child's spirit. That is never good when we're dealing with children. And it's never good when you're dealing with the church either. The Bible goes on to say again in verse 23, Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. He that hateth dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart whose hatred is covered by deceit, by wickedness shall he be shown before the whole congregation. Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him a lying tongue. Hateth those that are afflicted of it, or by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Today I want us to consider the third paragraph of the church covenant, about middle way down through it, it says to avoid all tattling and backbiting and excessive anger. These are things that if really adopted by the people of God would not only change the way many churches operate today, but it also would change the way many families operate. I pray that God will open our eyes and that He will direct our minds to realize that regardless of what we have here today, a loving, kind-hearted church, one that has always spoke the way she should, but be very careful. Make sure your guard is where it needs to be. Because Satan, Satan could plant a tongue of deceit among us. And Satan could put a tongue of destruction that would cause the harmony of this body to implode upon itself. Therefore, as Brother Jim said this morning, fare thee well. Be careful. Be careful. Let's pray. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, dear God, again as we humbly come before your throne, we do so with thankful hearts. Thankful, dear God, that you've placed in your book the words that would direct the hearts of the church family, that would guide the fathers and mothers of families, that would teach the children how that with words we could destroy, but also with words we could build up and encourage. It has already been mentioned by our Sunday school teacher already today that we need to be an encouragement to those around us, especially our missionaries. But also, dear God, I pray that we will have words of wisdom words of encouragement, words of love for each other, that we may always be able to fend off Satan's fiery darts, that we may be careful to maintain a good report among each other.
and among the world outside. Help us, dear God, to realize the lost world outside watches this body. She sees, dear God, that which lies within the walls of this congregation. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we'll always be careful. That we'll always maintain a good report among each other. That we will be that people, dear God, that always guards our tongues and are careful about our decisions we make in life. Lord, I pray, bless today. Bless this people once again. We thank you, dear God, for our church family. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would direct our minds and hearts today. Help us, Heavenly Father, to put away selfishness. Help us, dear God, to put away covetousness from us. Help us, dear God, today not to look at others with disdain or disregard, but help us to be that loving church, Father, that would bring honor and glory to your name. Watch over us, and Lord, forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name, and amen. Today, uh, as I read this, we'll read from the very first paragraph down to where we're at, having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and on the profession of our faith having been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit we do now in the presence of God the angels in this assembly most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. We engage therefore by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge, in holiness, in comfort, to promote its prosperity and spirituality, to sustain its worship, its ordinances and discipline and doctrines, to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church and the relief of the poor, and to spread the gospel through all nations. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotions, to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances, to walk circumspectly in the world, and to be just in our dealings, faithful in our engagements, and exemplary in our deportment, to avoid all tattling, backbiting, and excessive anger. Again, the Bible teaches us where there is no wood, the fire ceaseth. Where there is no ill feelings, dissension is going to stop is what this is teaching us. God's Word has absolutely nothing good to say about a talebearer. And a talebearer always brings about contentions and strifes among any people. Whether it's the church, whether it's a family, whether it's on the job site, wherever it is, a talebearer always brings about contention. 
And it always causes strife among any people that it is dealing with. In Proverbs in chapter 18, I'm going to back up just a little bit here. In Proverbs 18, I want to look at these first eight verses of Scripture. And I want you to think about this now. Through desire, a man having separated himself seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. When the wicked cometh, then cometh also contempt, and with ignominy reproach. That word in the Hebrew simply means shame, disgrace, and dishonor. Where there is shame and disgrace and dishonor, there is going to be reproach brought about. The words of a man's mouth are as deep as waters, and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. It is not good to accept the person of the wicked, to overthrow righteous in judgment. A fool's lip enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction. And his lips are a snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. The word again in verse 3 of chapter 18 of the book of Proverbs there, ignominy should be a word of shame to a Christian. It should be disgrace and a word of dishonor. And it should make the saint of God hiss at such an attitude. We are the children of light. You're the children of love. And we should always interject the love and light of Jesus to our brothers and sisters in Christ. In Proverbs 26 again, I want you to back up here, back again to our text in verse 20. The Bible says, Hell and destruction are, are never full, so the eyes of a man are never satisfied. You know, the Bible says in verse 19, it says, As in, as in water, face answereth to face, so the heart of man to man. Surely, surely after, after reading these scriptures, we can understand the destruction that can come about by being a tattletale or a, or a tale-bearer. You know, growing up, you know, when you've got a family like ours was, we, and I know there's large, larger families than ours, and there's some large families in here. Growing up, it never was a good thing to be a tattletale. I remember growing up, I, I remember even my grandparents would say, listen, nobody likes a tattletale. When you go tell on somebody, you know, hey, you heard what Johnny done, don't you? You know, did you know that he grabbed the shaving cream and, you know, and, and all this stuff and, and there, there you would get in trouble and then there would be dissension in the, in the whole house. My mom and dad used to tell us, listen, it, nobody likes a tattletale. 
And folks, it's the same way in the adult life, isn't it? I mean, nobody likes to be to be uh, nobody likes to have uh, tales told on them. It causes hurt. And it causes dissension. And it can be hurtful and wickedly mean. And and we as Christians should be do everything in our power to avoid such activities. That's a reason why that our that our, uh, our church covenant here says to avoid. All tattling, all tattling, all tail-bearing. Look with me, if you will, to Philippians in chapter 1. Philippians in chapter 1. You know, you hear, you hear people all the time anymore. And it seems like it, it really took off during the, the first part of the, the, uh, the uh, China flu. It seemed like it really took off during that time when people were instructed to tell on others for not wearing their mask or, or tell on others for getting out in public without a shot or all these things. And I mean, they were doing everything. and The government was telling everybody, you just go tell on them. You go tell the police. You, go to, you know what? That's the problem with society today, isn't it? Isn't that the problem in society today? We have that problem and, and, and what to do? It, it put people against people everywhere. There were, there were riots going on because of the mask. Because people weren't wearing them or because they were wearing them. And they were bringing about this, you know, just go tell somebody. You see something, go tell them. I mean, I know there's certain situations, you know, you see danger. You know, you ought to let somebody know. If I was to stand here while a man was walking in with a with an AK-47 or something and I never said nothing, that'd be stupid, wouldn't it? I mean, I'd be foolish. And I ought to be the first one to get hit. But a man that sees something coming and, and, uh, and he knows it's going to be destructive or, or, or destroying to somebody, you know, that's a different story. But this thing of... This thing of, of, of telling of telling on everybody for every little every little sin that they commit or every little problem they have, what good does that do? I mean, honestly, what good does it do? You know what? Those people that have sinned, they know they've sinned. Those people that have committed a wrong, they know that they have wronged. So the Bible's teaching us here, listen, let's be careful about being tattletales. Let's be careful about being a talebearer. Again, in Philippians in chapter 1 and verse 16, 15 and 16, the Bible was speaking about as Paul was, as Paul was dealing with this situation here, there, there were some people that were being very contentious, even in their preaching and in their teaching. He says, some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. He was just doing something to try to bring about a, a rise in Paul's attitudes, what it was. Sometimes we see that also, don't we? People are, are just doing everything in their power to, to cause a rise out of somebody. They'll, they'll tell the, the, the juiciest gossip that they, that they can get a hold of just to try to get somebody upset. That's the reason why gossip is also a, a, a meddlesome thing, something that should be avoided by all Christians. 
Gossip is destroying. In 2 Thessalonians in chapter 3, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what, I really love these studies on the church covenant. They're instructive, they're informative, and they come from God's Word, and they give us good direction for our everyday lives. Amen? They help us. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 11 down through verse 16, it says, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Busybodies. You know what that is saying? They're getting in everybody's business that don't, that where they don't belong. The Bible goes on to say in verse 12, Now, them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. And if any man obey not our word by the epistle, by this epistle, note, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. You count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. In other words, it's not time to completely cast them out, but to, to uh, teach them. Listen, we don't do that here. You know, if somebody comes into this congregation and they begin to, to uh, cause disruption with their voices, with their words, they try to hurt other people, listen, that's when the rest of us need to say, hey, that don't belong here. We don't do that here. We don't, and, and that right there would, would put a quick stop to gossiping and destructive tales. We just don't do it here. Proverbs 21 and 23, the Bible says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from trouble. You see what I'm saying today? Listen, that's a reason why we have that in our church covenant. Let's that's, don't that's be tattletales. Let's don't be a talebearer. Now secondly, the Bible says that I believe that we are to avoid backbiting one another. You know, that constant, that constant nagging at each other. The constant uh, 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 tearing down one another. You know, I've been in I've been in churches where you know you might have a a person over here and a person over here, and they're always kind of bickering back and forth to each other. You know what that's doing the whole time that that's going on between those two people? It's putting sides. It's a it's a making sides with each other. The whole congregation becomes affected. And that's the reason why that the Bible teaches us in the book of Psalms that we need to be careful about that. Let's go back there for just a moment. Psalm 15. In Psalm 15, verses 1 through 3 here, the Bible says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle and who shall dwell in thy holy hill? You know what this is speaking of? The place of blessing. The place of hope. The place where we are blessed beyond measure. It says, He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh truth in his heart. Those are the ones that's going to be blessed. And that's the way it is in a church. That's the ones that's going to be, that's going to be blessed in a church as well. But, but notice what verse 3 says. Here's where we began to have problems in a church. It says, He that backbiteth not with his tongue. 
You see, God is saying here through the psalmist, he's saying that one that's going to be blessed is he who does not backbite with his tongue. Nor doth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up reproach against his neighbor. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody was doing everything in their power to try to hurt your character? I mean, what we call, I believe it's called character assassination. Where people are doing things to try to to try to make you look bad, to make them look better. And a lot of times that's what's going on. In order to make themselves look good, they have to make everybody else around them look bad. Instead of just being Christian and Christ-like. Listen, those are things that tear down a church. Those are things that destroy a church. And that's a reason why that we have it in our church covenant. Listen, let's not be a backbiter. That's what it says in verse 3. You want to be blessed, don't be a backbiter. The Apostle Paul made mention of the destruction that that backbiting can bring about as well. Go with, if you will, to 2 Corinthians in chapter 12. 2 Corinthians in chapter 12. Begin at verse 15. The Bible says here, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I I be loved. Isn't that the way it is sometimes? Sometimes it's the ones that you love the most that hurt you the most. Sometimes it's the ones you do the most for that are the quickest to turn against you. Paul said, I've gone through that. But be it so, I I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you with guile. Did I make gain of you by any of them whom I sent unto you? That's like a a preacher who would uh, tell the incoming uh, evangelist all the problems of the church so he could preach on them. Folks, that's, that's something that's, that's never been done in this pulpit, as far as I know, especially with this pastor. If there's been a problem in this body, I've never gone to another preacher and say, hey, I need you to come preach on this. Paul was saying, listen, that's wrong. I, he said, I, I wouldn't make sport of you like that. You know what that would lead to? Backbiting. That would lead to trouble. And that's what he's saying here. He says, I desired Titus to be with him, and I sent a brother. Did Titus make gain of you? Walked we not in the same spirit? Walked we not in the same steps? And again, thank ye that we, that we would excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ. But we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as you ye would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wrath, and strife, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults, 
You see, that's what that kind of stuff leads to. And Paul was saying, listen, I wouldn't do that to you. And folks, we need to understand what God's Word says to us. We need to be careful with our, with our speech. The reason why that I'm preaching this today is not because if we have those problems in this church. I'm just warning us. Let's be careful before something like that could cause destruction to the church. That's what we need to understand. He says, unless when I come again, my God will humble me among you and that I should be well many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication, lasciviousness, which they have committed. Paul said, listen, there's a lot of this stuff going on in the church. He says, I didn't make fun of you. I didn't make light of you. I didn't tell everybody. Because what that does, it leads to backbiting and destruction. Peter's advice. Peter's advice in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 was, uh, of the same of the same mindset, where here he says in chapter two and one, wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings and all evil speaking, put it aside because it destroys churches. It also destroys families. James, and I spoke of James uh, earlier in, in the message, how that he's talking about the, the, the tongue. The Bible says in verse 5, even so of James chapter 3, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. What's he saying? Listen, we've got to be careful with our tongues. We've got to be careful how we treat each other at home. We've got to be careful how we, we treat our families because families is what makes up this body. You see what I'm saying? The, this body is made up of different families and, and therefore if it begins in the home, if we're careful how we, we deal with ourselves in the home, the church will continue to be blessed as well. Because you, families, make up the church. James is saying, listen, we've got to be careful. It says, but the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly evil. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. That's what tattling and backbiting does. It destroys a people. It destroys families. And that's the reason why in our church covenant it says we've got to abstain from that. We've got to avoid it at all cost. Folks, today, and I beg of you to listen to what I have to say. There's a lot of churches today that are in turmoil because, because of a wandering tongue. There's a lot of churches today that are on the verge of splitting because this one over here is against that one and the preacher's against this one and that one back in the back. Folks, I'll tell you what, things like that should never be in a church. 
because they destroy. It destroys the church within and then it destroys the witness of the church outside. That's where the real hurt comes in. When the community sees a church that is in disarray because of, uh, of just the tongue. When they see a preacher who's against uh, uh, somebody else in the church, one of his deacons or, 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 or one of the lay people, and he's doing everything in his power all the time to talk down to them or to destroy their character or to do so among other people in the church so everybody will turn against them. It's just like, you know, you all raise chickens. You know what it is to see an old hen that's got a bad spot on them. What happens to her? Every hen in that house will start pecking at that spot. I've seen chickens kill other chickens by doing just that, just that little pecking. Till finally a great infection comes and it kills the bird. Folks, that's the way it is in the church as well. That's a reason why we've got to be careful. Those little things, just like the pecking of the, uh, of the whole group against one little individual, just because somebody else doesn't like. Maybe they've said something. Maybe they think they've got too much authority in the church. That's like Diocrates. Diocrates, and Brother Jim was right close to him this morning. But Diocrates was one of those men who liked to have the preeminence. The problem was he, just, he tried to destroy the church with it. Folks, I'll tell you today, God's people, we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful about our speech to one another. We've got to be careful about our character. The next thing that I want to speak on, I had a lot more here to go, but I'm not going to get it in. But we also engage to avoid all excessive anger. What does excessive anger do? It destroys it destroys you as well as everybody else around. James says in chapter 1, if you're right there close, James says in chapter 1 and verse 16 through 21, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will beget he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I want to stop right there for just a minute before I read verse 21, but I want you to listen to that. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. In other words, if you have wrathful heart, if you have a, an anger problem, that's not from the Holy Spirit. That's from the devil himself. If you've got an anger issue, you know you hear people today who have anger management problems. If you have that, that's not of the Holy Spirit. 
It wasn't the Holy Spirit that gave you that. That's something that comes from Lucifer himself, that old devil. That's what happened with Cain. Cain became aggressive toward his brother because he, he hated him because he had a, a better sacrifice. Isn't that so in, in, in humanity today? Somebody's got something that somebody else wants and they're willing to kill over it. They're willing to destroy characters over it. Or they're upset because they've got the recognition that they didn't. James says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Which is able to save your souls. We as creatures of God's creation have had anger problems since the days of Cain. We see what happens when excessive angers come forth. Cain slew his brother Abel only because he was dissatisfied with his own preparation and hated Abel because of his good preparation. Anger is a natural emotion of humankind since the fall of Adam and Eve, and I understand that. But we're to put it under control so that we do not sin and hurt others with our anger. What does the Bible say? The Bible says to be angry and sin not. Folks, I want you to know something. The reason why that this is in our church covenant, you know why it's there? To protect each and every body in this sanctuary. When you protect the bodies in this sanctuary, you're also protecting the homes outside the sanctuary. That's a reason why the Lord said, we've got to be careful with this. That's a reason why God says, listen, you've got to be careful with your tongue. You've got to treat each other civilly. And, and the problem with, uh, with so many today is there is no civility no more in, in humanity. You can't say a kind, well, I mean, you can speak to people and they'll look at you like they're going to tear your head off. Civility. You know, used to, and you know, I know people are afraid today. Used to, the preacher come, they'd open the door. I was out on visitation yesterday. I think I went to uh, eight different homes. And I was able to get the answer at one door. I could hear people in the house. And the last door, I heard people in the house. I wouldn't quit. I went to the front door. I got the door answered. The simple civility. Where has it gone in today's society? You know where it's gone? It's gone right where the rest of this word is gone. Nowhere. This word isn't in most homes today. This word is not looked upon and studied in most homes today. In most homes. Generally speaking, 
The Word of God is never studied anymore in the home. You want to know where civility went to? You, know, you want to know why excessive anger is, is mounting today? It's because of the way society has... Uh, it's, it's, I don't know what to call it. But it's bred something that is unholy. The reason why today that there is so much excessive anger and you have people that are, that are pulling up beside somebody because they didn't use a turn signal and shooting them, you know the reason why there's that? Because, seriously now, the stability of humanity has broken down. People have become so desensitized to to heartache, to causing heartache, and to hurting people. People are so desensitized to it because they have played so many games of junk. That's the reason why today that young people are not as sensitive as they should be. That's the reason why today that we have the, the killings where young people today are, 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 are committing such heinous crimes. Thank God for the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church's young people. Thank God for the moms and dads and grandparents who still teach as they're going out. As they're going out. I mean, as they speak to you. Their civility in their voice. Now, I'm not saying that all of our families are perfect. And I'm not saying that all of us are exempt of excessive anger. We've seen that. Listen, that's a reason why today that God's people need to be careful. Amen? We need to be careful. In Proverbs 14 and 17, the first part of it says, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly as a rule. That's what happens. Anger will cause you to lash out where you shouldn't have. Anger will cause you to say things that you know you shouldn't have. Anger will cause you to do things you know you shouldn't. Anger will cause you to lose control if it is not harnessed. That's the reason why that it says in Ephesians 4.26, Be angry and sin not. Here's what God's Word gives as an antidote for anger. If you've got anger management problems, I'm not saying that uh, these institutions that deal with that shouldn't be there. I mean, I'm glad for them because not everybody's got the Word of God in their hands. But Proverbs 15 and 1 says this. Now this is, the, this, is, this is the one thing that stops fights between husbands and wives. This is the one thing that stops fights between children and families and moms and dads. This is one thing that will stop a fight in a church. It says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. Where are you at today? I had a lot more. But I, I'll tell you, folks, I know 
I, I pray that you don't think that these, these lessons are, are laborious. I know on a Sunday morning you say, well, I don't know if you ought to bring it on a Sunday morning or not, but this is the morning when we have most of our church family with us, and that's when I want, I want us to know that our church family needs to be taught these great truths. Listen, we need to be careful about tattling, backbiting, and excessive anger because every bit of it destroys families and it will destroy a church. May God help us to care for each other. May God help us to care for this body. You know, I've heard of great, great, I'm talking shouting matches and fights in churches and business meetings. I've heard of that. I, I mean, I, I, pray, I pray that I never see such a thing. I thank God for the way that we carry business meetings out here. They're always civil. Even if we have different opinions, there is no, there is no harshness when the body votes. The body votes. And everybody then joins in. That's the way it ought to be. The majority rules, that's the, way it is. that's the way it ought to be. We ought to follow suit with the majority. But as you know, today, I just pray that our church family will always be careful. Protect each other. Protect, protect each other's character. If somebody tries to destroy it with tattling or backbiting, we just need to stop and say, hey, we just don't do that here. May God help us to be faithful in it. May God help us to be a faithful body to each other.